welcome to the Cover to Resources podcast series, a podcast series about addiction and addiction education. Our mission is to arm others with the knowledge needed to best support a loved one struggling with opioid addiction. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Music, Stitcher, and via RSS feed. Simply search for the full name, Cover to Resources, on your platform of choice. Thank you for listening. Ohio continues to have one of the highest overdose death rates in the nation, largely driven by opioids. Last year, Franklin County, located in central Ohio, had a 47% increase in overdoses from the prior year. So business, civic, and community partners decided to come together to form the Ohio Opioid Education Alliance. Their research revealed that most people are aware of the opioid crisis, but significantly underestimate the risks opioids can pose to their own children and families. Many parents admit to having a not-my-kid mindset, leading them to overlook the importance of preventative measures. Joining me to talk about how they developed a very powerful and catchy public awareness campaign set in the imaginary town of Denial, Ohio, are Chad Jester, who's the president of Nationwide Insurance Foundation, and Sean Holt, the president and CEO of Mary Haven. So, gentlemen, welcome. Great to be with you, Greg. Thank you. Okay. So, I will uh, ask you both to comment on this, and and uh, maybe starting with you, Chad, tell us a little bit about um, how the opioid epidemic has impacted your community. Thanks, Greg. Here at Nationwide, it really starts inside of our company. So at least for five years, our internal health and wellness team has been talking about the opioid crisis as it's been impacting Nationwide employees and their families. So we've been very transparent in the conversation. We've had third-party outside speakers come in and share uh, insights with Nationwide employees, and we've had employees share their stories with other employees. So it's really something that we've embraced for quite a number of years. That foundation of support really created the catalyst for us to get involved in the community. So, Sean, you've witnessed this from the treatment side of the house. So tell us a little bit about what you've witnessed. You know, what we witnessed, as you mentioned, uh, there's been a 47% increase since last year. Uh, We really took that to heart. Uh, There was a lack of treatment beds. So through this partnership, we were able to open up a 55-bed facility called the Mary Haven Addiction Stabilization Center. Uh, Through that, we opened our doors in January earlier this year. We've seen 1,500 patients come through our doors. We've treated everyone from an 18-year-old all the way to a 65-year-old person. So this disease is affecting the whole family, uh, which has really changed our mindset because usually we just dealt with the individual. Uh, it has taught us that we have to treat the whole entire family to actually beat this disease. So, and I think that that can't be overstated, the fact that you looked at the lack of resources, the lack of beds that you had in your community, and you came up with a creative way to expand your capacity so you could address that. That's correct. The IMD rule, fortunately, doesn't stand in the way anymore as of this past week with the new legislation that President Trump just signed midweek. Yeah, it's very important that we don't limit the access to treatment, especially by saying treatment providers can only have 16 beds. We're in this middle of this epidemic. We don't want to handcuff ourselves and saying, hey, you can only treat this amount of people. 
Because as you guys know, each day that a bed goes unfilled or we're not able to provide those treatment services to people who need them, those people aren't coming back in our doors because uh, it's it's a terrible, terrible disease and we can't let them go. Yeah, it's so hard to get them there to that point. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the Ohio Opioid Education Alliance and how it came to be and what the role is of the Nationwide Foundation as well as Mary Haven. So the Opioid Alliance really grew out of our local Adam H. Board strategic plan for the community to focus on treatment, recovery, counseling services for the community, but also to uh, turn an eye towards prevention. And one of the elements of the plan was to create a PSA campaign, a public service announcement campaign. Uh, my colleagues and I here at Nationwide with our CEO's leadership said we'll take that piece of the plan on. And uh, for about nine months, we did uh, research, uh, quantitative and qualitative around the country, to determine what would work in compelling uh, the community to take action on prevention measures. So the Denial Ohio campaign is the outgrowth of that creative, and the goal is really to prevent the next generation of addicts. So the focus of the campaign is to dispose properly of unused prescription meds and talk to the children in your life about the dangers of opioid and drug abuse and misuse so that we can indeed prevent that next generation. So as Sean was saying, the beds are full at the Mary Haven Stabilization Center. We've got to figure out a way not to have all the beds full and a waiting line for the next bed that opens. So Sean, I want to talk a little bit about that research a little bit further. The not my kid mindset. Gosh, that exists in so many different communities putting your finger on that and identifying that. Did you do something special or is it just kind of a sense? How did that work? You know, it was nothing special. I think through Chad's, Chad has spoken about this often. I think through his team, they, they had a lot of conversations with focus groups and, and, you know, we in the field tend to think that we have all the answers and we know everything. It's been my experience. The best, the best thing is talk to folks. Talk to folks that are in the streets. Uh, there, unfortunately, is still a great deal of stigma related to uh, substance abuse and mental health. And as a parent, who wants to admit that my child has has an issue? Um, so I think it's very, very important. We talked to these focus group folks and found out that although these conversations are tough that we have to have with kids, we have to have them. We know through research, the kids are having these things called drop parties. They're raiding their parents' cabinets, putting all the drugs in the middle of the room and trying them. That is a very, very dangerous path for these young kids to go down. And we have to have these conversations because Although having a conversation with your kid about drug use is very, very tough, having conversations with your child and family members once they become addicted to drugs and or heroin, that's a lot tougher conversation that we're going to have. So in the name of those parties is drop parties. I've, I think I've heard them called skittle parties. Yes. Yeah. Same thing. Very dangerous parties. Yeah. Very, yeah. very dangerous. No doubt. So let's talk a little bit about this idea, how this, I, that the campaign is brilliant. How that idea came to you, Denial, Ohio. So uh, Sean just mentioned something around the drop parties, skittle parties, whatever they're called. Uh, there are dangers in our community and in the household medicine cabinet today. 
And so the mindset around what are the things that are compelling that we can get people to take action on, and one is to get rid of those prescription meds once you're done with them. So while you have them, properly manage them. Even put them under lock and key. Make sure young people don't have access to them. But we've talked to colleagues who've actually had opioids in their medicine cabinet for upwards of 20 years. So the research would say people don't want to get rid of their prescription meds because they might need them again, and they're expensive. And actually, they aren't that expensive anymore. Um, They just think they might have a future need, but it is so dangerous to keep the meds in the medicine cabinet. So between that and talking to the child in your life were really the compelling factors that we wanted to put in front of the community and say, let's change your mindset around it can't happen to you and have people really accept that responsibility of, yes, it can happen within your household. And here are two things that you can do to help prevent it. So let's speak to those dangers just a little bit further. You probably have some naysayers out there that are going to say, look, it's my medicine cabinet. I know what's in there. I'm not going to do anything dumb with it. So speak to those dangers. Why is that flawed thinking? It's flawed thinking because the data would say, again, I'll lean on Sean any day to be our resident expert, but we've um, actually worked with some of the best national organizations too. The research would say that a majority of people who become addicted to prescription opioids are the individual the prescription was not originally written for, right? So you might think you're a responsible party. You might um, think you're not going to take more than what the doctors told you on the allotment of pills, but just having those meds in your household is a risk. Sure. And you never know who's coming in to use that restroom. You could have a party. You could have, you could be selling your house. You they could, could have an be, open house. You could be selling your house. So we've got actually some local examples of folks who have put their homes on the market recently. And the, the realtor has specifically said to one of our colleagues, who Sean and I both know well, uh, get rid of your meds. Take them with you. Don't leave them in the house during the open house. There are examples where medicine has been stolen from a homeowner's home during an open house. An example of how those prescription, highly addictive meds are getting into the community. Next, we'll play the Don't Live in Denial, Ohio campaign developed by the Ohio Opioid Education Alliance. But first, I asked Chad to set that up. The Denial Ohio campaign uh, came out of, as we've discussed, um, many, many focus groups, great creative that our national ad firm put together, informed by a lot of inputs. So we found from the national research that actually two-thirds of Americans know there's an opioid crisis. Only 19% believe it can impact their family or their household. Huge disconnect. So the design of the campaign is really to change that mindset and take accountability. So don't live in denial uh, was the concept that the focus groups uh, liked the most, was the most motivating, a great recall. We worked again with our national ad firm. The ads were shot in California with professionals at the highest levels who wanted to be part of this work. And hopefully the quality comes through. Uh, In the 30-second ad and the radio ad, uh, hopefully consumers can hear uh, messages that they might hear from their kids or from other parents around the ideas of, oh, my kid's not at risk. My kid gets good grades. My kid has good friends. My family's way too busy. My kids are way too young to have the drug talk. All those came from parents in our consumer research uh, focus groups that we've embedded in the ads. So it's very, very compelling. So 
Let's take a listen. Living in Denial, Ohio, it's really nice. Because when we hear about the opioid crisis, we know it's not going to happen here. It just feels safe and secure being in denial. There's like a peace of mind. Opioids? It doesn't happen here. No. My daughter is good friends. My boys would tell me anything. Exactly. No, our kids are way too busy. They would never abuse opioids. Welcome to Denial. <laughs> Don't live in Denial, Ohio. Talk to your kids about drugs and they'll be up to 50% less likely to use them. Find out more at don'tliveindenial.org. A message from the Ohio Opioid Education Alliance. What kind of feedback have you gotten now that it's had some airtime out there? It's been out there. I, I tell you what, I was blown away the first time that I saw that ad. I, was, I, was just, I thought it was so clever and just well done. You know, unfortunately, the feedback that we've gotten, unfortunately, a lot of families have caught themselves saying those same things in the ad. And what's really been nice about as a, from a provider side is we've been jumping and screaming for all these years, telling parents, hey, I know you're saying these things, but here are the signs and you need to look for them. So it's been really, really refreshing to, to kind of get that message out. We feel like uh, a, a major contributing success to this whole ad campaign will be not only to, to raise awareness, but to also decrease the long-term uh, rates of overdose deaths. The other thing that we really appreciate about the ads that are going out there is, is that it also shows that each person's success is a little different. What my success and recovery looks like may be very different than what Chad's looks like. And we, from a proprietor standpoint, know that one size doesn't fit all. You know, there, there may be two or three overdose uh, recidivism rates or per, from a person coming into our shop knowing that we've got to stick with this person. Chad may come in and kick it the first time. So we're there the whole time to actually make sure that these folks finally get off these drugs. And I think this campaign is speaking to all those folks that will say, you know what, this disease will not affect me. It won't affect my family. We know through research it's affecting everyone. Like I said earlier, we've treated 18-year-old kids and we've treated 65-year-old adults. This Cover 2 podcast is sponsored by Relink.org. Relink.org is an online research tool that allows you to quickly locate addiction recovery and reentry resources in your area. It includes everything from treatment to housing and employment. Go to Relink.org today to find services or add a resource for free. With Relink.org, help is just three clicks away. So, Chad, can you speak to the rollout of this campaign? Right now, it's here in central Ohio. What's going to happen from there? Well, we have an opioid crisis throughout the entire state of Ohio in multiple states. So the campaign was designed to denial Ohio. First and foremost, we made sure there were no towns in Ohio called denial. Um, so it is a fictitious town, but it can be anywhere in Ohio. So the campaign design uh, was meant to be really transportable. So the media market in Columbus goes up to Marion, Ohio, to the eastern boundary of the state, all of southeastern Ohio through Appalachian down to the southern boundary. So no matter where you are in the media market that is getting exposure today, you can see the campaign in your community because it is part of you, right? It's part of what your community is living through. When you look at the information throughout the state of Ohio, central Ohio, county by county, 
everybody has experienced overdose deaths in the state of Ohio. It doesn't even account for how many people are actually fighting through addiction. The numbers we all see are those who have lost the battle. So uh, the reach is tremendous. Um, it's with radio, TV, billboards, uh, kiosk. We've got streaming and digital exposure. Uh, the benchmarks that we've seen and the results thus far are much, much higher than the uh, benchmark rate. So upwards of 20% click through on streaming. So the marketing team working on it here at Nationwide is tracking every piece of data. The other thing that I would say about uh, Sean's comments, which I just love the comments you made, um, were the provider agencies we're hearing appreciate there's this broader group in the alliance being part of the work with them. As Sean mentioned, it can be very difficult work uh, working on substance abuse and mental health issues and can be fairly isolating, I would think, at times. So Sean and his other CEO colleagues here in Columbus have said, thanks for being in this with us. Uh, the metrics are great, but that is a meaningful piece of feedback that we take to heart because we're all part of this community together. Can you share some of those uh, metrics with us? We're tracking exposure rates through the radio and TV, which are extremely high. We're also uh, tracking on uh, the digital, such as YouTube, when the ad pops up, are people clicking through it? And we're seeing actually more than half the people are not clicking through it. They're watching the ads, uh, which is wonderful and far beyond the benchmarks that are you know, the average um, uh, by compared to other ads. So people are watching, they're being exposed to it. Um, and they're taking action. So as we look forward to 2019, uh, we have a good foundation in place. We've only been in the market for about five months now. Um, and we'll look at integrating uh, paid social in the campaign as well and uh, see what kind of reach we can have and an impact on people's lives. So I was going to get this to this point a little bit later on in our podcast, but I think it fits in a little bit better now. Share with us your plans for kind of the next generation here, uh, the next uh, version, if you will, uh, for next quarter to the degree that you can. I know it's embargoed right now, so I, I don't want you to spill so the beans. So we have um, a wonderful 30-second ad where it lifts up the comments that many parents told us in the focus group. So um, it's really diving into the overall awareness and this potential denial that we're all going through in our communities and with our families. Um, so we're focused again on talking to kids and disposing of your prescription meds through all these different mediums. Uh, we'll be rolling out additional ads um, in various mediums in 2019, uh, specifically targeting the disposal of prescription meds and talking to kids in a more unilateral way. Uh, so a lot of that execution will likely happen through social media. We are gonna track and see what's working, where we have great penetration and we'll be adjusting the campaign to make sure we're reaching the right audiences in the right way. The other piece of our execution for 2019 is the activation of our Ohio Opioid Education Alliance membership. We have uh, 40 organizations in central Ohio and throughout the state of Ohio who are involved in the work, both from business, from the civic sector, education, nonprofit and government sector, all our employers. So if uh, we put the plan together in the right way and it's compelling, we love this alliance group to reach their employees, to reach their stakeholder groups. It's a very diverse group of folks who have all been impacted one way or another. So we're not going to just rely upon the media campaign. We're going to activate it at a grassroots level as well. That's terrific. Um, and I know Nationwide has done a tremendous job of outreach to your employees. You've had an employee assistance program in place, a second chance program in place for quite a number of years. I believe it's uh, onwards of 20 years now. 
you're absolutely right. I believe my colleague Kathleen Harris uh, was on a podcast uh, previously. So Kathleen and her colleagues and our leadership here at Nationwide has enabled our culture to talk about very transparently this issue of the opioid crisis and the impact on nationwide employees here in Ohio and throughout the country. That enabled us, I believe, to do more in the community. So as Kathleen has reached out to our network of members of the Alliance, she's actually playing a consultative role. So we're finding that at Nationwide, we've put resources into supporting our families um, at a pretty high level. Some of those resources are actually re- resources we're willing to share with others, whether it's uh, Sean and his employees at Mary Haven to other businesses or public sector entities. Um, this is not a competitive issue. This is a collaborative issue. So anything we can all do to support each other will hopefully someday uh, put Sean and his team at Mary Haven in a place of saying, boy, we're seeing many fewer clients than what we did just a few years ago. I think that's everybody's goal, don't you, Sean? I do. I do think that's our goal. And it's what we, from a provider standpoint, we are very appreciative of Chad and his work and Nationwide because when you have someone as big as Nationwide and as respected as Nationwide is in our community, it allows us to go out to members of our community and say, hey, let's have non-judgmental conversations about substance abuse and mental health. And so we lean on them uh, as the with, like Chad said, as a collaborator. It's not in competition. Uh, we lean on them to have these conversations in our community to so to better inform us to help our folks kick this disease. So I want to focus back on the Ohio uh, Opioid Education Alliance, and in particular your work encouraging parents to, uh, to talk to their kids. This is an amazing stat. Um, studies show that talking to your kids about the risks of drugs reduces their risk of abusing them by 50%. And the Alliance is really promoting that. Tell us about how you promote that. Uh, I'll speak to, from a provider side, we actually have an adolescent unit for kids ages 13 to 18. Uh, most of those kids are already uh, diagnosed with substance use disorder. Uh, we have conversations with them every day. Uh, ironically, these kids are bright kids, smart kids, have bright futures. Uh, and they tell us very verbatim is, you know what, I wish somebody would have talked to me about an earlier age of, of before I did this drug or before I went to the Skittle party. They tell us that every day. And when we talk to them about, okay, well, how should that conversation go? It's the most stark reminder that we could all have. And they simply said, just talk to us. We hear far worse at school and with our friends. Just talk to us. And so we've got to remind ourselves as providers and parents, let's just have these difficult conversations. Like I said earlier, they may be difficult, but kicking heroin and seeing these people go through this awful disease is far worse than any uncomfortableness that you may feel having a conversation with a kid that you don't want to have. So in the Denial Ohio campaign, uh, the landing page site is don'tliveindenial.org. You want to hear that again, Sean? Don't live in denial.org. If you go to the landing page, it has the connective research and resources available on how to talk to your kids. So the Partnership for Drug-Free Kids has allowed us to connect to their information. They're a national expert, very research-based. Sean would be the first to say you don't have the same conversation with an eight-year-old that you do with an 18-year-old. Um, so it gives you hints as a parent or a caring adult in the child's life on how to have the conversation. And it's got to be a reinforced ongoing dialogue. It's not a one and done where the parent says, yeah, I checked that box. I talked to my kid last Tuesday. 
they're going to be good for the next 10 years, right? That's not the environment that these kids are in today. And we've got to recognize the exposure that all of our kids have, you know, whether it's the, the Skittles drop party, I'm learning things as we go here, um, to social media and the environmental pressures of peers. Um, we've got to be aware of that and keep engaged with young people. So this is a tremendous program that you've done and, and are put together, and the Alliance has done some tremendous work for some organizations, for, I should say, communities that are eyeing this um, and uh, really are looking for advice. What advice would you give them? Well, the issue of the opioid crisis is impacting all of Ohio and far beyond Ohio. So uh, the encouragement would be for all of us don't live in a state of denial doesn't matter where you are, Ohio, West Virginia, Kentucky, uh, Michigan, uh, states um, far beyond. So there's a way to be engaged each and every day with our kids and be aware of the environment, be aware of what's in our medicine cabinets. Um, if there are communities within Ohio who want to be engaged uh, with the denial campaign, we're open to that conversation. Um, it's a long list of folks who are now members of the Alliance. Uh, we're not closing off the membership. So the more organizations we have engaged carrying this prevention and education message forward, uh, we welcome the partnerships. So you have no geographic limitations here? State of Ohio at this point, so yeah. it is Denial, cool. Ohio, but uh, we've actually heard from other parts of the state, uh, leadership both in public and private sector are very interested in being part of the work. A lot of great grassroots efforts are taking place throughout the state of Ohio, unique to local communities, but there are common themes taking place. Treatment and recovery, absolute. We've got to stay invested in our people and make sure they have a chance for that recovery. We all want prevention as well to stem the tide. It is a harder message at times uh, to do the prevention work and the resources are usually uh, less available, uh, but we're going to make every effort to get the prevention message out there. Ryan, would you like to wrap us up here? I would just say uh, we are very, very appreciative uh, of the Alliance and like I said, Chad and Nationwide. Um, we are very, very thankful that conversations like this continue to happen. Uh, in my opinion, it takes away the stigma. It'll, it allows the community members to see that there is a safe place to have non-judgmental conversations about what's going on. Because as we all know, sitting at this table, this if it hasn't affected you now, it's going to affect you in the future. It's touching everyone. And we're very, very appreciative of this alliance and nationwide for helping us uh, fight against this terrible disease. We've been joined today by Chad Jester, president of the Nationwide Insurance Foundation, and Sean Holt, president and CEO of Mary Haven in Columbus, Ohio, who have introduced us to the Ohio Opioid Alliance. So what have we learned? Well, in January, a first-of-its-kind center to relieve pressure on hospital emergency rooms and provide more and faster chances for recovery opened its doors in Columbus. That center is Mary Haven's Addiction and Stabilization Center. Now, firefighters responding to overdose incidents are able to transport all willing patients directly to this new facility. The goal is to stabilize people in crisis quickly and offer immediate access to treatment and, subsequently, long-term recovery services, said Mary Haven President Sean Holt. We also learned about the unique PSA that was developed by the Ohio Opioid Education Alliance to address the not-my-kid mindset that's in many Ohio communities. Since its debut, the Don't Live in Denial Ohio campaign has gained a great deal of traction, but that's just the beginning. 
The Alliance plans to debut more ads early in 2019. If you would like to learn more about the Ohio Opioid Education Alliance or become a member, go to their website, don'tliveindenial.org. That's don'tliveindenial.org. My name is Greg McNeil. I'm from Cover 2 Resources. Thank you for joining us for this Cover 2 PPT podcast. That's people, places, and things making a difference in the opioid epidemic. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Cover 2 Resources podcast. This episode is a production of Cover 2 Resources and is made possible by listeners like you. If you'd like to donate or to sponsor a future podcast, please visit cover2.org. As always, thank you for listening. Together, we can make a difference in the opioid epidemic, one life at a time.